right, guys, welcome back to another episode of the Precision Rifle Channel podcast. I'm here with Mr. Tyler Freiner. Tyler, how are you today, sir? Oh, pretty good, pretty good. How are you? I'm doing well. It's been a long time since I've seen you with this whole uh, COVID lockdown, and I'm, I'm glad to see you're doing well and looking healthy. Oh, yeah, yeah. I just get uglier by the day, but that's just how it goes, man. <laughs> you. I don't know all about that, but uh, I'm definitely glad to see you're doing well and the family's doing well. Um, for those of you that aren't familiar with Tyler, do you want to give them a quick uh, bio, a quick rundown of who you are, sir? Oh, sure. Uh, I'm your partner. Hi. Yes. Well, uh, what partner? What kind of partner? <laughs> business partner. <laughs> a business. Bit, bit friendship? Business? Yeah. Way to make it weird. Uh, so yeah, I started shooting precision rifle in about 2011. Um, with anything that I do, I try to jump in and help as much as I can. So in my local club, you know, I started helping to spot and RO, uh, kind of sort of then moved on to help with the leadership of the club, then ended up being a, a match director for our national level shoots at Sin City Precision here in Las Vegas. And then a guy named Travis Ashita approached me about making something special and beautiful beautiful known as the national rifle league which we formed in what was that 2016 yeah, yeah 2016 um we uh we rode that pony still riding that pony somewhere along the lines we got the idea of the nrl 22 yes. um which we uh formed and now is starting our fourth season um and now we have nrl 22x which was your good idea so i think that's about it that's where we sit that's where we sit. There's been a lot of buzz lately about uh, the NRL 22, and now with the announcement just a you know a short time ago about the NRL 22X, uh, things have just kind of exploded over the past couple of weeks. Um, NRL 22. Let's kind of start there because that is something that it was your idea. You you came to me one day and you said, hey, we we should really try this out and. And I was all about it. You had a great idea. Um, and, of course, I'm going to support your ideas. And, and it, I think it exploded. It, it just blossomed bigger than you or I ever anticipated when we first started talking about this. And, and now, I mean, three, four years later, here we are. Can you tell people what is the NRL 22 and why it's so special? Yeah, sure. You know, so uh, when you and I started running the NRL um, we quickly started to to develop a very supportive and loving community. And uh, one of our co-match directors by the name of Jeff Oder was like, geez, you guys should really do this for 22s. And I, so that that set my mind working. And, you know, I always bounce my ideas off of uh, you and Brittany and um, Janae and Ian Kelbley. And, and I just started thinking about it and decided that, you know, us being a 501c3 not-for-profit, you know, one of our mission statements is to grow precision rifle shooting especially amongst women and children and although the league was doing really well i don't think that uh you know we were getting quite the, the amount of support through women and children that we wanted to so uh then you know we thought up the idea of the nrl 22 and we have been extremely successful in both of those uh those areas with uh new shooters in general being introduced to precision rifle but um, a lot of, of children and a lot of lady shooters now, which I, I think is just spectacular. I think, um, I think Brittany and I were talking just, you know, casually the other day and she had said, cause she's, she's the numbers person behind all of this. She's analytics and all that. She had said something like last season, we had over a hundred new young guns 
joined the NRL 22 last season. Yeah, that's fantastic. You know, I think that, you know, so I don't know who said it, but it's been said over and over and over for generations. But, hey, man, you know, these Second Amendment rights are important and childhood is very important. And one of the most valuable things you can do with a kid is, is to take them shooting. You know, uh, introduce them safely to firearms, introduce them to the, the love of firearms, and it'll pay off for, for generations and generations for for people like us to continue to, to love the freedoms that we do. Yes, sir. I don't I don't know about you, but my first firearm that I ever shot was a twenty two. I don't even remember exactly what twenty two it was because I went to military school, um, and they had a, a range in the basement of one of the buildings, and so we were able to shoot at 100 yards, and we had a rifleman and a hunter safety course and all that, and that's what I learned to shoot on, and I think I was in fourth grade when I started learning to do that, so what, that's nine years old, ten years old, something like that. Um, yeah. Was 22 first, or first rifle of choice for you as well when you were a kid? or? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, I mean, not to get too boringly into to my past, but uh, my family basically settled uh, Southern Nevada in about 1880, and they have been cattlemen ever since. My father is a legitimate cowboy, so I kind of grew up riding motorcycles and riding on the back of horses and shooting guns, and I, I don't know how old I was when I shot my first rifle, but I remember the first rifle that I owned was a pump-action Rossi um, styled after the, uh, the legendary Winchester pump-action 22s, and I carried that thing all over the place, and it, it literally wore it out, which is almost a, a gun that you cannot wear out. So nice. my 22 goes back to my earliest memories, which is like you know, what you know, whatever, pushing a, a, a little truck around in the sand. So it's extremely special to me. That's awesome. That's awesome. So the NRL 22, we come up with this great idea. It's basically it's, it's you and Jeff's idea, and, and we make it come to life. And when we sat down and talked about it, I mean, we thought, you know, maybe we'd get a couple hundred people to join into this craziness. We didn't know how successful it would be. Um, last year, you know, um, or this year's current season, which just ended, you know, we, I think Brittany said we have just under a thousand members, just over a hundred active NRL 22 clubs, and we average about 55 matches per month. I think our highest monthly was like 70 something. Um, it's a little bit low right now because of COVID, but we're averaging right around 50 plus matches per month. Did you ever expect for it to grow into this crazy, I mean, it, it has its own community. It's a crazy growth. Did you expect this? No, I don't think, I don't think any of us did. I don't, I don't, <laughs> I honestly, I don't, I don't think, I don't think anybody thought that, you know, we were basically going to spawn a new sector in shooting sports, you know, which basically the NRL community accomplished. Uh, it's been wildly successful. Um, I know I personally had some expectations and, and ideas of the type of people that we were going to attract. And I was completely wrong about all those expectations and all those ideas. You know, I, I kind of thought it was going to be our center fire people using this as a, as a nice little way to, to train uh, a little bit on the cheap and, um, and introduce new, new shooters. Uh, but you know, I was, we, we were completely wrong we were. and it's, it's its own, it's its own entity. It's its own shooters. It's, it's almost a new generation of shooters. So many people who've never been exposed to precision rifle that, that are now exposed to precision rifle through the NRL 22 and the NRL 22 
is their goal. The goal is not to go off and shoot center fire. The goal is to be as good as they can be at NRL 22 and shooting their precision 22s. Uh, pretty special community, pretty, pretty neat opportunity that, yeah, I think, you know, what we designed it to be, uh, what our goals were, were just, you know, they were, they were, our expectations were, were not this high and it's been, it's been rewarding. It's been, uh, it's been extremely fun. Um, but with that, you know, the, the amount of growth and success that the league has had has come with some problems. And, uh, I think that, you know, that's the evolution of NRL 22, which is the NRL 22 X, which again was, was your idea and it made perfect sense. So, well, let's get into how or why we decided to do that NRL 22X. So the NRL 22, we have a couple of different classes. We have base, open, ladies, young gun, and last year we introduced air rifle. Um, air rifle is kind of its its own tag-along thing that's, that's quickly, or not quickly, it, it's growing to become its own identity in part of the NRL 22. Um, it's still got a long way to go, but it's getting there. Um, ladies is pretty self-explanatory. Young guns is what sixteen and younger. Six, uh, eight to sixteen. Eight yeah, to yes. sixteen. Um, open is open, but a lot of where we were getting um, some drawback or some feedback rather was in base class rules and some of the open rules with some of the original limitations that we had implemented when we first started it. Um, some of those things were gear restrictions and, and MSRPs and things of that nature. And over the past couple of years, you and uh, your team, I mean, it's truly you, you, you know, I think it's what, it's like six or seven guys that you work with almost weekly um, have come up with a, a whole new set of rules. So can you tell us what the NRL 22 rules are for open and base class? Um, and then that'll kind of tell us how and why we involved. Okay, so with the exception of air rifle, every rifle must be chambered in 22 long rifle and nothing more. No 22 magnums, no 17 HMRs, no 17 Mach 2s. 22 long rifle is the game. Um, we recommend a magazine-fed rifle, uh, meaning a removable magazine-fed rifle, and we recommend a, a scope that has the ability to adjust elevation windage and has a, has a reticle that is, is accurate to also utilize for elevation and windage. Um, so that's the recommendations. Um, with precision rifle, you know, gear can go up in money pretty rapidly if you want to. And, and by the way, you don't have to. Um, this, this game that we've invented does not require a, a huge degree of accuracy like everybody thinks it is. There's only been one or two times in the history, the three-year course of fire history of the NRL 22, where we have gone below one minute of angle. And, you know, base class rifles are capable of one minute of angle. And so, you know, the sports progressed in such a way where people love it so much. And so they, they always want the next best product. They want the next best rifle. They want the next best scope. And, and because it's their love, it's their passion. I understand right. that. So with, with the open class rules to actually answer the question that you asked me, open class 22, uh, 22 rifle, uh, long rifle, 
um, and uh, unlimited funds. So if you want to spend 3,500 bucks on a night force, you may. If you want to spend, um, you know, uh, $3,000 on a voodoo, you may. Uh, whatever bipod you want to run, a skypod that's 500 bucks, you may. There is no limitation in those things. Um, again, I will argue until the day is over that there is not that much difference between a, you know, a CZ455 and a Voodoo um, when it comes to the amount of accuracy that's required. But, you know, we did want to keep it budget friendly because, again, the original goal was to introduce new people to 22s. So that's where base class comes in. And base class is something that I think is necessary. Um, I hate it. I don't like it. Uh, but I think it's something that's necessary. If I have like, like the biggest headache in life is my eight-year-old daughter, who's a sweetheart, by the way. She's just like raising the Tasmanian devil. But next to the Tasmanian devil is base class. It's something that, you know, it never, it never makes people happy, but it's an extremely important class so that people have a venue that's non-threatening to get involved in this sport that we all love. So with that, um, you know, it's it's definitely changed throughout the years. We have had additions to base class this year, but the only addition is is that you may mount a rail to the bottom of your your rifle. It can be full length, it can be Picatinny, it can be Arca Swiss, whatever you like. But that's been the only only change to base class this year. So the long and the short of it is, base class is intended for a production rifle, and the MSRP of that production rifle. And in combination with the MSRP of the scope, um, both have to be below $1,050 MSRP. Um, Which is still a huge window of manufacturers out there. It, it, it absolutely is. And there, there's some pretty sweet combinations out there that can, that can, uh, that can accommodate that. And, you know, I, I misspoke. I said that the only addition to base class was the rails. There's, there's another excellent addition. I don't remember which of my team brought this up. I think it was a, a Dominic uh, Thompson and, and, and Severson figured this out. But the, the new rule for this year is that the MSRP at the beginning of the year is the MSRP that matters. And, and also, if a rifle has been discontinued, you may not use it in base class. However, if it is in production at the beginning of the year, you may use it and you may use the MSRP for the remainder of the season. So th those are two good rules, and and I think that a lot of people don't understand the background on on some of these rules and why they come up. And and, and I'll just not to bore the crowd, but I'll, I'll tell you why um, we have to have an MSRP and why we have to have um, equipment that's in production. Um, I had a gentleman who. I must have spent five or six hours going back and forth about base class qualification for the national championship. Um, at the time, the rule was MSRP of $350 or less. Um, he was super upset that I would not allow his Anschutz 22 into base class. And his argument was is that he had paid or his grandfather had paid like $289 in 1953 for this Anschutz. And so it qualified for base class. Well, I can tell you that that Anschutz is capable of, of accuracy that would meet or exceed almost any rifle manufacturer in existence today. So pretty much that guy and a couple others have molded the rules into what they are now, and, and that's the reason why. But now, at the beginning of the season, the MSRP 
and the current things that are in production will be good for base class. Now, in my opinion, there's no reason why anybody cannot go one season in base class and not be ready and prepared to um, compete in open class. There's just there's just no reason. Um, I put in the rules. I don't think that base class is a place for veteran shooters to remain, um, but we will not regulate that. So the intention of base class is simply to introduce people to the sport, um, get your feet wet, and then you know jump in and play in open and and be less restricted on equipment. Because, like you said, the accuracy is definitely good enough in the base class qualified options to compete with the open class. And I think it was the first, it was the first year or the second year championship, a base class competitor took third place overall or something like that. I think he was seventh, but or yeah, seventh, he was seventh. Sorry, he was in the top ten. Yeah, he was a top ten. So, I mean, base I, class competitive. It's it's. It really, and, and again, you know, there's a lot of guys that want a limited class. Uh, you know, they want something in between a thousand and fifty dollars, and you know, the guy that has the unlimited budget. Um, there's just no reason for it. It's it's it is the Indian, it is not the Arrow, and that's something that you know a lot of people don't understand. Right. And you know, it, it is what it is. I, I'm never going to convince anybody on that. Or, well, I think that a lot of guys that shoot for a while really start to understand it when they start to shoot with some pretty se severe um, competitors. But um, it, it really is not the equipment. You know, there's good stuff out there. There's stuff that's fun to have. There's stuff that's that's new, that's neat. Uh, but it's just simply not required to the level that people think they do to be competitive and, and participate in this. I agree. I agree with that. Now. With all of that being said, a lot of the requests that we got last year from our membership was to add more stages or to shoot further distances or to make it more of a challenge, which is kind of funny because nobody ever cleaned any of the stages, last, or I mean, any of the matches last year, but they still wanted a bigger challenge. Yeah. Now, the way that the NRL 22 is set up, it didn't make sense to modify that plan or that the way that that structure is set up because we want it to be a entry level, you know, place that people can complete monthly. And so the NRL 22X was born. Right. And right. The 22X, the big difference between 22X and the 22 is what? Well, let me, you said, you said a, a lot right there. Let me, let me just go ahead and, and justify some of the things, some of our thought processes and some of the things that we did. Just like you said, nobody has had a clean score on NRL 22 yet. And, and I think that it's often overlooked on how difficult it is for my team, excuse me, our team and I, to come up with a course of fire where a little kid who's never participated in this with maybe not so good of equipment can show up and get the joy and the thrill out of ringing steel. Not walking away from the competition um, upset, uh, defeated, that is not what we want, and that that is the that is the crowd that we are. That's the crowd that we're after. You know, one kid showing up to shoot is worth twenty five adults to shoot coming up and shoot. We appreciate all of you all of your participation, but those new shooters and those kids are are, are really where we need to be focusing. So, having said that, NRL twenty two is a really really tight balancing beam act of making sure that the new the new people can show up on their first match hear the ring of steel have a smile on their face think man these people are cool 
This sport is fun, and I am coming back next month. Nobody can stop me. But at the same time, we have some extremely talented shooters that participate as well, and we got to have them show up and be challenged and have a good time. So that's where, you know, some of the equipment restrictions have come in. And, you know, NRL 22's success was because it was so uh, uh, accessible, because we never went past 100 yards and, and pretty much any range anywhere can do it with minimal steel, minimal props. So with that and with the people who, you know, this has become a part of their life and they, they're just chomping at the bit for the next match, for the next piece of equipment, for the next live uh, reward show um, to see what we can come up with next. Um, and you know, I, I just, I just beat my head against the wall talking to my guys and, and thinking about it and staying up at night about how can we push this envelope further and, and, and keep these people who are so passionate and that want more, how can, how can I do it? And I just couldn't. And then you gave me a phone call one day and you said, Hey man, let's just do a separate series. It'll be, you know, it'll be a separate series and it will be unlimited it will be whatever the match director wants to do just like the national rifle league and you know it was like uh it was like the guy who first invented the shovel you know it's such a simple object but the second you see it you're like well duh that makes sense this is all of our problems so you know it's and it's kind of funny because to you and i you pretty much just said it you said hey let's do a border war series with 22s it'll, it'll just go right alongside with nrl 22 and i'm like bingo dang that's obvious but a lot of our crowd did not come from centerfire like you and I. They came here from shooting in their backyard or shooting pistol sports or three gun, and now they're here and now they love it. They've never been exposed to a centerfire match. So the long and the short is NRL 22 is whatever the match director can dream up to throw at you. NRL 22X. Excuse me, NRL 22X, I'm sorry. So you sign up for a match. Uh, there will be – I know you keep asking me for a solid number, and I got all my guys talking about it. There's going to be right at about 30 to 31 matches nationally for the 2020 season. The 2020 season will start in June. It will run till next May and May of 2021. There will be about 30 shoots across the country. Uh, the clubs that have submitted, their match directors will pitch mid, uh, ex- pick a date and that date uh they can either put uh entry to their match in their whatever place they want or we'll have it on nrl22x.org and we will sell their spots and some of them can take 40 shooters i got a guy who claims he can take 400 shooters so it will be it will be up to the individual match director on how many shooters they take, and everything else in between will be whatever that match director can dream up. The course of fire, for the most part, will not be known by the shooters beforehand. You will show up with your rifle, with your ammunition. You will have the opportunity to side in and gather dope on targets, and then you're going to have a, an extremely fun day of shooting Uh, The minimum is going to be eight stages and at least 120 rounds fired. I'd imagine some guys will go up to 10, 12 stages plus. Some of these stages may be 10 rounds. Some of these stages may be 35 rounds. It's whatever the match director can think up. The distances, I put the minimum distance, not I, we, me and my team, put the distance at 25 yards and the maximum distance is only limited by the match director's ability to ensure that we can count a positive hit or not. 
Now, our experience in running uh, the national championship here in Las Vegas, uh, what was that? Yeah, last year. Sure. It all blurs together. Last year, um, we tried to push it as far as we could when we were proofing stages. 330 yards was about as far as we could push it where we could we could see spots uh, and, and it would not move reactive targets. And thank God for the uh, Magneto Speed T-1000 flashers, which, you know, could identify every single hit. Right. So the only thing we've said about maximum distance is, hey, match directors, make sure you can make sure that they get hits. Some of them have talked about doing field-styled matches. What that means is they got a rugged piece of property that's out in, in wilderness, and you're going to walk around, and there's going to be a rock, and they're going to be like, hey, our next stage, you're shooting off of this rock. There are the targets out there. They're between 25 to 250 yards. Course of fire, go. There is no tank trap if they don't want it a field-style match. There might be a log. You might move from a log to a fence post. That's a field-style match. You never know what you're going to get. Um, when you arrive, you will be given a match booklet the day before, which will say what all the stages are, but you're never going to know. It's going to be it's going to be a complete surprise. Uh, some of them are going to be square range uh, type shoots where you know you got berms at specific distances and you use a lot of barricades like we use in NRL 22. Um, some of them will be prone matches. It just depends on the match director. And a lot of people are going to start to find that there are different match directors with different styles. And, and somebody might be like, man, you know that, you know that Michael Millican. That's that's my match director, dude. I'll go to any shoot that guy puts out. Or they might want to go to Jake Vibbert's match that's going to come up here, I think, June 12th. Yes, sir, June 12th. Is the day before the NRL centerfire shoot on the 13th and the 14th, in which there's a national level two-day shoot. I'm not sure, is Jake doing the helicopter this year? He is doing the helicopter. Well, last I was told he was doing the helicopter, but that's before he had to reschedule, so I'm pretty sure he still is. Okay, well, for those that don't know, uh, Jake Vibbert puts on one of the funnest field-style precision rifle matches in the nation. Um, last year, I went up and shot it. They gave me an AR-15 with a 30-round magazine for one of the stages. We flew up a canyon where I got to unload on five um, steel targets. It was an absolute hoot, and that was just one of 24 stages over that two-day course of fire. And this guy is going to put on our first NRL 22X match the day before that. He says he can host 200 shooters. Yes. So it's going to be that and any, anywhere in between. You know, Mike Suttle, is, he's certainly, uh, you know, been a big deal. Um, they are um, they're putting on a match in uh, West Virginia, I believe. Um, again, 30 matches. Uh, you know, Jason McBride, he's right near St. Louis. He claims he can, he can host 100-plus. And, I mean, just a, a great guy. We got two in Minnesota, uh, Justin Carbone. I've been seeing those guys uh, wearing nothing but bikinis and hula skirts in, <laughs> in December. And they, they have two matches going on up there. It's going to be wild. I think that this community is is really – I don't think they know what to expect. I don't – I don't. you know, again, you know, we're used to this. This is what we do. This is what we've always done. It was an obvious solution to us. But for those in the NRL that have wanted to push the limits, X is the answer. All you got to do – is hop on uh, nationalrifleleague.org, start watching some of the videos uh, that Contingency X has filmed for the last, what, four seasons in the National Rifle League? Yes, sir. You can, you can see what we're talking about. You are going to go shoot your 22 and have no idea what you're going to get into, and you're going to love every second of it. I'm, I'm truly excited for it because 
for me to compete in the center fire side is hard because I have to do a lot of the filming and so on and so forth. And with the 22X, it's going to be a lot of the filming and video at the matches that I'm able to attend. But also because of the way that the format is, I'm also going to be able to compete in it because it's a one-day match, which is going to make it a lot of fun as well. But this is this is the platform, the 22X side of it is a platform where the people that want to go crazy with gear, that want to you know test their Voodoo or test their Rimex or the Bergara to the fullest capabilities. This is where the accuracy, this is where the speed, the smoothness, the, the good, you know, the better gear um, definitely gives you a heads up or a slight advantage, but it still does not, you know, overcome skill. Skill is still always going to be the, the biggest priority and being able to test your skill on finding targets and being in different positions is something the 22 crowd hasn't really been pushed super hard at yet. And this is going to do that. Correct. And, you know, you just brought up another really good point, um, skill and, and experience. Um, you know, again, this last season, we, we just, we've just grown so fast, so quick, um, which is fantastic, but it does not come without its challenges. Um, equipment came up a lot, you know, NRL 22 has been a, a one bag the size of a volleyball since it started. And everybody wonders why, why is it one bag the size of a volleyball? Well, simply my, my kid is a volleyball player. I was riding the first course of fire and I looked, I was thinking honestly of one of our sponsors, WeBad. Um, WeBad makes a pump pillow, uh, which I think is about the biggest bag that we should allow. And I looked over and there's a volleyball and I was like, Hey, that's uh, about the size of a volleyball. So, um, yeah, that, and that's been, that's been the limitation of NRL 22. Let me just give a little bit of a reason why. Um, you know, I did not want this to become a gear race originally. And also, you know, I go back to that goal. We need little kids to show up at their first match and ring steel and have fun. At the same time, we can't have, um, you know, we can't have some of these guys like Mike Suttle or, you know, Guy DeMarco or any of these guys just going out and crushing the course of fire and, and week after month after month after month scoring a 500, which hasn't happened so far. But if we open up equipment to being whatever you want to use, that is going to happen. And we're going to have to give up one or the other. The, the kids, we got to give up the kids and they're going to they're going to show up and get defeated and think this sucks. Or those guys that are super good are not going to be challenged and they're going to go someplace else. So this year um, we have definitely defined equipment and what it is and what can be used. Um, you can now use rail mounted bags if you want to. Um, you can you can use uh, a bunch of different things that we've outlined, but again, it's going to be not one bag anymore. It's gonna be defined as one piece of equipment in NRL 22. Now in NRL 22X, unless the specific stage, the match director puts a limitation on it, you can use whatever you want. You can bring a tripod and use that as rear support um, you can bring 15 bags with you. You can. Bring a bag. I did not. You did that. That was my fault. You can bring a bag with you. That's the size of a, a, a bean bag chair for all I care. Whatever equipment. <laughs> we have seen those. We do. <laughs> Whatever equipment you want to bring. That's that's on you. Um, it's going to be at the match director's discretion on which stage or all stages that they allow stuff like that. But I warn you, uh, you know, some of these match directors, they're going to say, Whatever equipment you bring with you has to go with you through the course of fire. 
So you bring 15 bags, a, spot, a spotting scope on a tripod, um, and a backpack. You got to you got to show up on that stage, and and you got to carry all that stuff through the course of fire with you. So mobility is also always a concern. Now let's go back to talking about about that skill level and and how you're differentiated, and and why we've been so adamant and have stuck behind one piece of equipment. Um, now look, I'm not going to sit here and tell you. I'm the greatest shooter in the world. I'm not a bad shooter. I'm decent. Um, the, 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 the competition in the last couple years has just gotten fierce. But I was close to my shooting prime in our first season. I was, in fact, the national championship of our first season. I'm not saying that to brag. It's just a point of fact. Well, I'll tell you right now, um, you know, last season, the season champion was Paul Dowling. Now, I've known Paul since he started, and I was better than him when he first started, but only when he first started. Now, I've long since met and got past my prime and quit practicing, but that dude is hungry. That dude is on fire. That guy can wipe the floor with a dude like me who was the previous season's national champion with ease, with ease. And here's, here's the problem. If you give me unlimited equipment, I'm going to go through a stage and I'm, I'm probably just going to use one or two bags and I'm going to do okay. I'm probably going to get near, you know, if it's a, a semi-challenging stage, I'll get six hits or seven hits. You give Paul Dallin unlimited equipment, this dude's going to take a, a tripod with him and one bag and he's going to shoot that thing faster than I can and he's not going to miss one target and he's going to center punch all those targets. Hmm. So that's, that's why – the difference between a mediocre shooter like myself and a guy like Paul Dallin who can just show up and if they're given a little bit of leeway, they can leave the rest of the, the competition behind. That's why we've stuck by our guns and said, hey, man, we're doing one piece of equipment in NRL 22, and that's going to continue into the future, but not X. In X, if you guys wanted this, this is what you're going to get. If you want to push the limits, this is what you're going to get. You're going to be exposed to some severely fun things. But you're going to see some next-level shooters do some next-level stuff, and it'll blow your mind. I think a lot of people are going to be humbled that haven't seen some of these guys because not only is Paul Dallin a part of you know the 22 series, uh, you got James Jeffries, Tressler, uh, you got a lot of guys that are really good. And just recently, um, I think it was last month, John Pinch got the 22 bug. And he held a 15-person fun match. He shot the 22 course of fire. He did it for fun just to see, you know, how it would be. And he came back and told me he was absolutely in love with 22 and could not wait to start shooting 22 matches. And he is the previous, not the current, he's the previous NRL center fire champion, meaning he is one of the top shooters in the world who is now yep. shooting 22, 22X. So this is... It's Folks, crazy. This, is, this is not to intimidate anybody. This that's not that's not why we're bringing this up. Why we're bringing this up is because you are going to be exposed to some things that are going to blow your mind. It's going to wow you. It's going to impress you. It's going to push you to become that much better, to become that much more accurate, to become that much faster. And you're going to learn you're, a ton. Yes, I mean, man, follow around Jake Vibbert, John Pinch, Paul Dallin. For, for one day and watch them shoot, you your mind will be blown. It's it's absolutely insane. And 
you know, one of the biggest things that I always uh, talk about for the NRL centerfire side is if you're new to the sport or you're new to this type of sport, um, go out and RO. And it's going to be the same thing for the 22, the 22X side is go out and RO a match because not only do you get to watch and see what's going on and see kind of some of the inner workings of how a match is ran, but you get to see every competitor come through your stage and watch how different people approach or attack that stage. And I'll, I would say, and, and I mean, you're a much better shooter than I am, Ty, but I would say the skill set between centerfire and rimfire, besides recoil management and, and data, is pretty similar. Yep. So you're going to be able to learn what the best shooters in the world are doing on every level and adapt that and become that much better. And I think a lot of, I mean, a lot of these guys, um, you know, Milliken and, and uh, Subtle and Carbone and these guys, you know, they're, they're familiar with the center fire side of it as well. And that's given them a leg up and that's why they, they're doing so well. But I think for everybody else, it's going to be a great learning opportunity to come out and have fun. And all of these guys that we're talking about, Paul Dallin, Jake, uh, Pinch, all these guys, they're all super good, friendly dudes that are that will help you. Um, so, regardless of who's attending the match, it's going to be a fun match because it's going to be something new that uh, you guys are just going to be completely exposed to. Some of you are going to be like, "Holy, holy heck, what just happened?" And others yeah. are just going to you're going to catch that bug and you're going to be like, "I want to do that stage again because I know I can get one more point." But I don't know, you know if hooligans are going to be allowed. <laughs> it's just. You know, and again, this this is not to intimidate anybody. This is just to light a fire under you. You know, most most clubs are used to showing up with twenty like-minded individuals and having an, an excellent Saturday. These these big matches are just that times five. Now you're going to show up, and there's going to be a hundred guys with the exact same mindset as you, and you're just going to be wowed by the by the community, by the camaraderie, by the friendship. Um, you're you, you, you're used to showing up to NRL 22 and participating in with 50 rounds and five stages. Here you might show up for a one day shoot. You know it it could be a one day shoot with 200 rounds fired. It, whatever the match director wants to do. You know um, it's just it's just NRL 22 amplified. And these guys that are super passionate about NRL 22 and they're just looking for something else. Man, you know your your whole level of focus and your whole level of of passion for this sport that we all love is about is about to be blown up. Yes, sir. Now people are going to ask because we we haven't released the schedule yet. I don't know if the schedule will come out before or after this podcast. But from the preliminary map that you showed me with the 30, 31 ish uh, matches, we are covered completely west to east coast, right? I mean. We've Correct. got something in, in every corner of the country. Yeah. Yeah. The the Midwest has, has a tremendous amount. I mean, t I, I don't even – I'm probably screwing up Midwest, but uh, Tennessee, Kentucky, Ohio, Indiana, uh, Nebraska, um, two, two in Minnesota. We got one in Maine. We got two in Washington. Um, we got three in Texas. We got two in California with Severson's match and David Christensen who's a part of NorCal, they both got a match. I mean, you know, Ron Young, who put on our first national championship in that beautiful range in Price, Utah, he's, he's got a shoot. We got two 
in Colorado. I mean, yeah, the, the map is just full. It's awesome. Pennsylvania, uh, Ohio, South Carolina, it, it, Mississippi. It's been really fun seeing I, – I was a little bit worried about it if I'm just being honest with you. I didn't want to have like – and I don't know why I thought this. I just – I guess it's just because of the, the success of – of uh of Jim Cannon and Lynn Bigelow and and Rick Baum and those guys in in Utah but I assumed we were going to have five submissions from Utah and I was thinking I was going to have to turn one or two of them away well we got one which is Ron Young's um but man just the participation from from side to side uh Jay Heimer he's putting on one or uh in in Idaho uh it's just the schedule's looking really nice and, and almost no schedule conflicts. It's, it's like turnkey easy for me being the, the director of match operations again. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited about it. Me personally. So um, what you just said is that you have the schedule done already. No, no. <laughs> Soon. I can tell you this. I'm going to Eric Severson's match in California. I'm going to go to Steve Lowe's match in Arizona. I'm going to go to Ronnie Tanner's match in Arizona and, and, uh, and Tressler's match in Arizona. We got three That's in Arizona. Huh? We, we got three. three in Arizona? We got we got one. And again, like if they weren't so if they were bunched up, I'd probably consider having to, to make two fight it out. But you know, Steve Lowe, he's on the on the Arizona California border. Yep. Uh Ronnie Tanner's not too far away from Phoenix, meaning right the center of the state. Okay. And then Chris Tressler's up in uh in Flagstaff, which is a beautiful area, which is in the uh, the northeastern corner of the yeah. state. It's spread out nice. Um, another uh, veteran match director um, in New Mexico, um, Scotty Friedline. He's putting on one at, at, at the – was that Farmington? Beautiful range. Yeah, Farmington. So, man, it's, it's looking fantastic. Awesome. Man, I'm, I'm super I, – I mean, I love, I love the NRL. I love – the regular 22 but 22x has really got me going um i'm super excited to be able to go and compete and film uh, i'm really i mean on a separate note i'm really excited for the filming side of it because now with the targets being so much closer in, in distance you know where i'm not trying to film a 1400 yard target at 200 right. yards i can capture that a lot easier all of that action a lot easier from a film side than a 1400 yard target you know or, or course of fire so just the the capabilities of all of this is phenomenal and not only is it super exciting that it's happening here in the states but england is going to be from what i understand is uh talking about adapting 22x there as well Sweet. which is going to be huge um we got some interest from canada uh for one or two matches um that said that they couldn't do it this season but wanted to do it next season because I, I guess the way that their ranges work they have to figure it out way further in advance so that means the you know 2020 2021 season canada will be coming on board um and i'm sure once this gets going you know it, it's just going to be a domino effect of of awesomeness yeah i'm so, excited I am too. Now, I, I know there's going to be a ton of questions. Uh, we're already almost at an hour. I can't believe it. We're talking about keeping this short. but Yeah, I told you five minutes. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that ain't going to happen, but we'll see. Um, we're almost at that hour. I know there's going to be a ton of questions on this. Um, some you know, some things that we didn't answer. Uh, go ahead and, and, you know, get online onto our social media, on Facebook. 
Uh, ask your questions there. Ty, Brittany, myself, we're always there. We'll do our best to answer it. Uh, membership is currently open for the 2020 season uh, for NRL 22 and 22X. And membership for one is good for both series. So it's no, you don't have to have two different memberships. It's one membership for both series. We invite everybody to come out and at least give it a try. Have some fun. Um, all of the matches that I will be at, which um, once Ty releases the schedule, I'll, I'll let people know. Um, we're going to do the loaner rifle program as well for the 22X. Um, I have several 22s that I'll bring with me. The first match, uh, Jake Vibbert's match on June 12th. Um, we are going to, uh, I'm definitely going to compete, but I'm definitely going to have probably three or four extra rifles if people want to just come up and, and play and have some fun. And hopefully we'll be opening up registration for that uh, very soon here. I'll, um, I'll be talking to Jake to get that done. So cool. lots of good stuff. Uh, Tyler, I know today was a, a hectic day for you. Uh, you know, families, everyone's, you know, we're all being quarantined and you've got a beautiful family with three amazing beautiful young ladies that are also could be very crazy at times uh and i am talking about janae she's one of those young ladies <laughs> so four young ladies um so I, I appreciate you taking the hour to to talk with us and and uh kind of give some insight to everybody and, and some behind the scenes thought process on stuff um and ty before we go we got to do this um so everybody knows i think they know for the most part but so everybody knows let's Tell everybody who are what our six or seven guys are that help you out on a monthly basis because these guys do so much for for our community. Um, I don't think I think Ty Tyrity is kind of bald. I think I'd have no hair either if uh, if we didn't have their help. Yeah, I was I was about to cut you off. I thought you were going to end me without thanking my guys. So hey, listen, I know that everybody this is this is probably this part of the show that they're not super interested in, but it's really important to me to talk about this. Uh, first guy's Lynn Bigelow. You know, he, the, these are the guys that are on the NRL 22 team who, who write the courses of fire, who tell me I've lost my mind and, and put me back on track and, <laughs> and are really the workhorses that, that really need recognition and thanks. And you guys would be doing a, a huge mistake if you don't tell them thank you every time you, you hear their name. Uh, Lynn Bigelow, when, you know, when this whole thing started, I traveled to Utah. They were shooting 22 marksmanship challenge. Um, which was a fantastic league that unfortunately was local and, and kind of struggled with range issues. But I went up there to learn a lot from Lynn Bigelow, stayed at his house. He's been by my side the whole time. Uh, really quickly, Eric Severson and Mike Millican, um, those two guys hopped on, and, and it was really apparent that you know they wanted to help with anything and everything they could, and they, they do so without ever asking for any credit. And I love you both. And then Travis Wall has been there from the beginning as well. Now, recently, uh, within I say recently, but again, these other guys have kind of been there since the beginning. Um, Dominic Thompson's really kind of taken this whole thing by storm. The dude's just a workhorse. Uh, he's a perfectionist, which, you know, kind of <laughs> – I like to get things done. <laughs> Dominic likes to get them done right. So he always, he's always keeping me on track, and the dude's just a stellar guy. Um, and, and another guy that, that, that needs new mention that I just added to the team yesterday or the day before that is uh, Levi Sanderson. Um, Levi is not only a good guy, one of Millican's right hand man and has some good information, but he's been killing himself to get practice score to, to adopt NRL 22. And I had a good phone call today with, uh, with Jay Phillips of, of practice score and due to the hard work of Levi Sanderson, it looks like it's going to be, um, you know, it looks like it's going to be here really soon. So oh, thank wow. you. Thank you, Levi. Thank you. Uh, you know, appreciate having you guys on the team and, and 
appreciate you propping me up in the NRL 22 community. Thank you. Yes, thank you guys so very much. Uh, we truly appreciate it. Uh, for all of you guys that, that are listening, if you guys haven't gone out and shot a NRL 22 match, go to nrl22.org. Um, we have a ton of information up there. We're going to be adding some new clubs um, and everything for the new season, which starts off in June. Uh, if you want to shoot the May Course of Fire, remember that is up there and it is just for fun. Uh, no award ceremony for the month of May because typically that is when we have our championship. Uh, but we wanted to keep you guys busy. So go out and check that out. Um, and all of you guys that are ready for NRL 22X, and if you're not ready, man, I, I can't wait. It's going to be fun. Get ready. Uh, Ty, I can't wait to go out and, and compete with you again. Um, it's been a little while since we've been on the range together, so I'm very excited for that. Um, and, you know, the, your whole family. Um, so, everybody, thank you for lo- uh, listening, for tuning in. You guys uh, stay safe, uh, keep shooting, and we'll see you all at the range. Tyler, thank you very much, brother. <laughs>